Uh, welcome back to the last post for issue Saturday, March 16. I'm your host, Andrew Carey, and you're listening to Limerick Post podcast that's bringing you all the week's news in bite sized portions. Remember, you can keep up to date with all Limerick news on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and at Limerick Post and at hashtag keeping Limerick posted, and of course on limerickpost.ie. This week's podcast is brought to you in association with Therapy, who have opened a new clinic at the Crescent Shopping Centre in Limerick. I'm joined by our news editor, Jerry Collison, for a look at this week's uh, front page lead stories. And Jerry, we're kicking off with a big festival weekend. We are indeed, yeah. And Limerick is unusual in that it hasn't just one, but it has two very significant um, parades and events over the uh, bank holiday weekend. Kicking off with the St. Patrick's Day Parade on Sunday and then followed by the International Band Championship on the Bank Holiday Monday. Um, one of the big um, talking points this year has been the theme that has been uh, selected for the parade, One Giant Leap. Now, that's to uh, mark the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. And um, to sort of fit in with that theme, the uh, Grand Marshal is a woman, and she's Dr. Nora Patton, and she's in the running to become Ireland's first astronaut. So it should be a sort of a out-of-the-world experience. Oh, very good. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it looks and sounds like an action-packed weekend, um, the band parade again, big crowds and, uh, and a full itinerary, uh, no doubt. Yes, and at this stage we seem to be sort of spoiled for, for, for choice and spectacle in Limerick, but it's good to remember that there are St. Patrick's Day parades going on all around the county. We have one in Abbey Field starting at four, Askeaton at two, Ballylanders at three, Brough at 2.30, Castle Connell at noon, Herbertstown at 11.30am, Kilfinnan at two, Kilmallock at one, Newcastle West at three, and Rakeel at 12.30. So uh, you'd be fairly worn out now if you were trying to follow all those around the county. Well, indeed, uh, it will be a spectacle of colour, no doubt. Um, sticking with the front page, um, Jerry, there was a... Some, some figures revealed, you know, about the number of heroin addicts. Yeah, 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 there was. No, that's, that's arising out of um, a dull debate. Last Thursday, um, when uh, Morris Quinlevin, who's a TD, obviously, here in, in, in Limerick City, but he's also a member of the Midwest Regional Drugs and Alcohol Forum. They have a, a task force there, and they work in conjunction with a lot of the uh, service providers around Limerick, like the uh, North, Far- North Star Family Support Project. Um, we have the Searsha uh, Group, Limerick Community Network, and there's, there's quite a few, the Analyphi uh, Drug Project. There's quite a few um, local organisations involved, and they operate under the umbrella of the uh, Drugs and Alcohol Forum. Now, the big line that came out uh, of the Dáil debate was from, was from um, Morris Quinlevin. And he said that um, the uh, figures now show that there's more than a thousand Limerick people who are addicted to heroin. Now, that seems an extraordinary figure. Um, but yeah, we've checked it out and he, he, he backs it up. And um, he's, he's not alone concerned about that, but also the serious problem that's there with uh, prescription drugs, also with alcohol, gambling. And, um, you know, he feels that this, is, that this has been exacerbated by the fact that the funding has been cut to the, to the task force. And, and I think Deputy Quinlevin also revealed about uh, drug treatment centres, that there was a... Yeah, he did. Yeah, he said that Limerick, Limerick was the, was, was, did not have a, a detox centre. 
And this was leading to a huge waiting list for services and also putting huge pressure on the staff that's there to deliver even a basic service. And what's Deputy Cunningham been calling for? Well, obviously he was calling for the funding to be, uh, to be restored to the task force. Um, it has been cut by over half uh, over the past 10 years. Uh, so he's looking in, in initially for, for a restoration of that funding and then, you know, an enhancement of it as part of the um, national drug strategy. And not alone are these just 1,000 people that are affected, but there's also families and a, a wider group. Yeah, a huge knock-on effect, yeah. Um, moving to, uh, to another very interesting story that um, Alan Jakes uncovered um, about a Limerick man that is at the centre of Sikhism. Yeah, that's a good one because, um, you know, it, 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 I was not aware of this man. I wasn't aware of his influence and I certainly wasn't aware of the, um, the huge um, reputation he has outside his native county. A man by the name of um, Michael McAuliffe uh, went through most of his life known as Max Arthur McAuliffe. He was born in Newcastle West in 1841. And um, he headed off to India, off to the state of Punjab. And, uh, well, he soon became more Indian than the Indians themselves. And he converted to Sikhism. And his big, big um, achievement there was that he uh, translated quite a lot of the holy books and sacred texts that uh, were, were sacred to the Sikhs, uh, translated them into English. And this played a major role in the spread of a religion that has 27 million followers. So um, while Michael McAuliffe might be well known in his native county, uh, he certainly had an influence on 27 million uh, followers of, of, of Sikhdom. I think it's it's the fifth biggest religion in the world. Yeah, not so. that I'd be an expert, yeah, but I, I, I hear it is. <laughs> you hear, hear it is. It is yeah. yeah, more on those stories from um, Alan and uh, indeed uh, all our new section both online and uh, in this week's edition of the Limerick Post. Thanks very much, Jerry. You're uh, I'm now joined by our digital editor, Kean Reinhardt. Uh, Kean, how Hi, are you Andrew. doing? You well? How are you? Not too bad. Kean, um, you did a podcast with uh, some members of the Limerick Suicide Watch recently. Yeah, I was recently joined by uh, Jeremy, and he's one of the volunteers of Limerick Suicide Watch, and uh, Leah Morgan, she's a film creator, director. Uh, she directed a movie documentary about Limerick Suicide Watch, and it, it kind of goes beyond what they actually do and it meets with them on a personal level so she interviewed six members of the Limerick Suicide Watch in their own homes to give a different insight to the people uh, who volunteer with this group to protect people on Limerick's rivers yeah and uh, this is what Leah had to say about why she chose to do the documentary you know they all had quite interesting stories to tell themselves so we thought it might be a nice angle to kind of show a different side to Limerick Suicide Watch because <clears throat> we felt that a lot of people in Limerick especially would kind of see them out and about and know that they're there but not necessarily knowing that you know they're volunteers they have their own lives they're um, you know giving up their time to do this extraordinary thing so that's I suppose how the film came about and uh, the week before that as well Andrew myself and Bernie English went out for one of the evenings it was Tuesday evening a very very wet Tuesday evening <laughs> So uh, we just got a small insight into what they actually do on the rivers, how they patrol them, the sides of the rivers. And uh, it was very eye-opening because like, when you think about them walking along the rivers, that, that's all you think about, but you don't un understand the types of weather that they put up with and 
exactly I tried on some of the gear how heavy it gets I could only imagine wearing it for four hours I only had it on for half an hour or so and it started to weigh me down and even things like when they have to run with all this gear on and everything and it is really eye-opening and, and Bernie has a nice piece on that in the paper this week. Yeah, there's a double-page spread um, inside in this week's edition. Uh, Bernie writes extensively about it. There's pictures from yourself. Um, it, it just goes to show that this is actually going on in the background. Everyone is kind of quietly speaking about it. But, uh, you know, when there's interventions being uh, uh, happening on the riverbanks, it's, uh, it's hugely important for the safety of people. Exactly. And w- one thing that stood out to us is how far their base is actually away from the riverside. Like, it's only a five-minute walk. I say only, but if you forget something that, that's vital to what they do, they still have to go back there to get it as opposed to having a 30-second walk from yeah. the river to pick up whatever they forget, you know. Um, so and there's full details in that, yeah. yeah we, we've seen them go through their checks before they leave and the amount of time they spend prepping and helping each other to make sure that everyone is double-checked and their gear and everything. It's, they do a lot of work when you look behind the scenes. Yeah, all volunteered and muchly appreciated. Um, in another podcast, you uh, speak with Limerick author Dan Mooney. Yeah, this was a good one. Uh, myself and Dan recorded a while ago. He's a very nice chap, you know, and he, he has a very interesting life. He... Uh, describes himself as an aerosexual his full-time job is as a air traffic controller Um, I made the mistake of saying he controls the airspace but he assured me that it's part of a bigger team it doesn't just fall on him but uh, he was speaking about how the shift work actually suits him with his writing and Dan had this to say about how the shift work actually allows him to have time and switch off after work to get some writing done when you're plugging out at the end of your shift that's it you can't control airplanes at home you can't take this with you you know so the second you've you've given your hand over to the next controller coming on and plugged out you're done mm-hmm. so an awful lot of people take a lot of their work home I know but you know even as a journalist you, when I was a journalist you sit at home if someone phones you up with a with something you know you have to analyze that and you might have to bang out a few words a copy or you have to chase up something if someone phones you or, you know, you, if you if it's five o'clock in the evening and you haven't got all of your work done, you'll you'll bring the laptop home and you'll you'll do some at home. Teachers have an amount of work to do at home. It's really, really quite unfair uh, how much work teachers have to bring home with them and do at home. Um, but as an air traffic controller, you don't. So I, as I say, the shift work suits me, but also the nature of the job suits me because once I've plugged out, I can't take it home. So all of my home time is my own. Um, and there's, that's uh, available online and across all our social media channels. Indeed. You might just remind her what they are, Keen. Yeah, so we have Spotify, SoundCloud, Acast, and it's also available on limerickpost.ie. And there's a lovely QR code on the page there to link into the SoundCloud account. Great stuff. Thanks very much, Keen. No bother at all, Andrew. Um, in other news, uh, following on from last week's story concerning a video that was published on Facebook that was littered with vile hate speech, uh, Fianna Fáil TD Niall Collins reacted and said that Limerick was at risk of becoming uh, the racist capital of Ireland. Uh, Deputy Collins was responding to the video that drew huge public condemnation and eventually led to the arrest of a 44-year-old Limerick man who is now before the courts. Uh, If convicted over the video um, that was captured sometime between September 2017 and September 2018, the accused man faces a maximum of two years in prison 
or a fine of up to 10,000 euros. However, Deputy Collins said that this was the third such high-profile incident emerging from Limerick in recent times, and it puts Limerick in danger of becoming that unwanted tag of a racist capital. Uh, he said that we live in a multicultural society where there needs to be full tolerance and acceptance. For the most part, there has been great integration, but any acts of racism need to be dealt with robustly by the Gardaí. Deputy Collins explained that his party has tabled a bill uh, to modernise the legislation on hate speech, but it has been stalled by government in action. There's more on that uh, story in the Limerick Post issued this week and online. And this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Therapy, who have opened a new clinic in Crescent Shopping Centre in Limerick. Uh, I'm now joined by the ever-powerful... Powerful, though, okay. Uh, Journalist uh, from Sporting Limerick, John Kyo, who's bringing us all our sporting coverage um, in bite-sized portions again this week. And this podcast is brought to you in association with Therapy, who have now opened a new clinic at the Crescent Shopping Centre. Um, John, we kick off with hurling and that somewhat professional approach that Limerick gave um, in, in, in overturning Leash quite easily. Yeah, it was very comfortable. No surprise in the comfort and ease in the victory. As Kieran Carey saying this week, he was very impressed by the professional nature that Limerick went about their business. Game was over after five minutes. You know, Seamus Flanagan got that goal, and just everyone watching, everyone that was in Omar Park in Port Leash was going, "All right, how, how, how much are we going to win this by?" That yeah. was that was just it. Job done. Tipperary or Dublin away in the semi-final. Yeah, I don't think John Kelly is going to be watching this, is he? No, Kieran put up <laughs> finished his article this week. I thought it was a very, very humorous. Uh, Look at it, Kieran's basically saying that John Kiley's not going to be concerned about anyone else, only Limerick. And that's what Limerick have done since John Kiley's been in charge. It got him to, to an All-Ireland this week and he said if he was in John Kiley's shoes, he'd be sitting at home reading the paper and having a cup of tea, not in the slightest bit concerned about Tipperary or Dublin. Yeah, he can only play what's in front of him. He can only put his team out to play what's in front of them. So, OK, either are going to formulate a challenge, but you know, if Limerick look after Limerick... That's where they can go from strength to strength. Well, that's it. Look, the likelihood is it's going to be Tipperary. And I think they'll be prepared for that. But Tipperary have brought in a former honour and winning manager, Em Noche, as part of their backroom team now. He acted as coach to Liam Sheedy in the past, so they know each other very well. There has been an improvement, a very impressive victory over Cork at the weekend, not discounting Dublin, who've an honour and club winning coach, Matty Kenny, over them this year. Look, it's... We won't know until next week. We'll talk about it more next week and we look forward to whoever Limerick are playing. If it is Tipperary, it'll be on the Gaelic grounds, which they played each other there a few weeks ago and Tip were fairly, fairly blown away in that second half by Limerick. They want to put down a marker. I've said this before and I'll say it again. If Limerick play well, they'll beat most teams. Just before we leave it, when you look at you know that limerick clear battle that went on, when you look at those, those quality games and then we had... A match against Leeds that you know was as you said was pretty much over. Will Limerick be able to step up to that intensity again? Should it be Tipperary? I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. I mean, realistically, every team now that is in the latter stages league will want to win the league. It's a yeah. trophy there to be won. Originally during the league, you're looking at this, this different players, different strategies, different everything else. You're in a semi-final. You're up against Tipperary. Tipperary beat Limerick at this stage last year. Limerick were okay, I think, that stage. They got promotion, they were happy enough, but look, any time Limerick and Tipperary play, if it is going to be them, will be a huge game. Looking over at Camogie? Yeah, fairly fairly bad loss there for Declan Nash's team in the league semi-final last week to Galway. Played in Burr in fairly atrocious conditions, as um, Jack Neville's writing this week. It, it was 
look, it was a big, heavy defeat. It does... It's a blow. There's no point saying anything else about it. Um, Galway now play Kilkenny in the final after Kilkenny beat Cork. Look, they may have got what they wanted out of the league and prepare for championship now. That that was their first, second last in the league, last Kilkenny by a point. You know, they've, they've tipped along nicely throughout the league campaign. That loss will be a bit of a, a bit of a dent in their preparation for championship, but championship is where it all... They have a couple of weeks to regather now, so... That's it, yeah, and look, it's all about championship, as I said, so as tough a loss as it was, they'll, they'll regroup and they'll, they'll be ready by the come championship, and so hopefully they can give that a better crack this season. Um, moving away from, from Hurling and Camogie, we, we moved to the Oval Ball. Um, Blenendal's new deal? Yeah, Tom Savage is right in here. There were a lot of surprise with Tyler Blenendal, given his injury issues for Munster, and Munster was depth at both out half and centre where Blaindal plays that he got a new two and a half year contract I was fairly surprised with it I thought given simply given his lack of game time time like the time Anthony Foley's passing Tyler Blaindal was one of the driving forces in that Munster team that did brilliantly to get to the Champions Cup semi-final and then the injuries hit again with his neck and everything else but Tom's contending that he's, he's a leader in the team his nickname is the General which tells its own story yeah. I suppose and that that he, he he's he's a big leader within this within the group, whether it comes to preparation before games and he's talking about maybe there's a link with coaching the team as well when he finishes up as he hits his early thirties. We've seen that with Jared Payne in Ulster. Forced to quit injury. Now he's the Ulster defensive coach. You know, so there might be that pathway and that might be something to do with the, the reason for his two and a half year contract. And um, moving up from provincial we've got a, a bit of a bit of a match at the weekend for the Irish boys. Yeah, it's um, look, it's it's Ireland Wales has become a huge huge game the Six Nations over the last 10, 15 years. A I grudge suppose. match. It, it really is a grudge match. I think it started around two thousand and five when Wales beat Ireland in the Grand Slam, their first one in a long time, and Ireland went over and it was a fairly poor performance. Ireland got revenge in two thousand and nine with Rogara's drop goal and Stephen yeah. Jones's last late missed penalty. Um, Anytime Ireland and Wales play, there's a bitterness there. It stems from when Warren Gatland was Irish coach. I don't think he's ever let that go, personally. That's my belief. I don't think anybody has let no, that go. I don't go. think he has. Maybe Eddie O'Sullivan, who was the benefactor there, but or the benef- beneficiary, I should say. Um, yeah, Ireland Wales is huge. I mean, look, Ireland have an outside chance of winning the title. I think England are going to win it if Ireland beat Wales. I think Ireland can beat Wales. I don't think Wales are as good as people make them out to be. They've had a great tournament, but... Look, Gatlin has does very well each time it's in the World Cup year. But Gatlin loves nothing better yeah. than beating her. <laughs> like, there's no point saying her. It's going to be tough. Um, bit of a return to form for the first 50-55 minutes against France. Utterly dominant performance. Yeah. Um, we'll see what's going on. It's, it's, our gloves are off. There could be, it could be tasty, Andrew. It could be tasty. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a little look down at the uh, AIL leagues. We will. You're, you're, you're a lot happier this week than you were last week. Yeah, and Young Monsters did us a little favour too. I think Young, young Monsters, as I, as I did uh, say last week, were more constant, concerned about what oh, yeah. they needed. And they got a bonus point win over Dublin University, which in turn, a byproduct of that, of course, that helped Gary Owen, who are now only a point off the playoff places after their win. Um, Monsters, first of all, go ahead of Shannon. And Shannon now is in the relegation playoff after their loss. Um, yeah, they took so a leap and... You know, Shannon dropping is... Yeah, they're them. only up. You look, it's, it's, there, look, there's only one point between themselves, UCC and Monsters. There's three games left. 
And one of them games, of course, happens to be on Monsters vs. Shannon, which is, is already taking yeah. on a huge importance. It would be anyway, but now it just looks... Um, tough games for Monsters and Gary Young next up, but Shannon could are facing the team immediately blown in Terranure. They'll be hoping for a win there to alleviate their problems. Yeah, Gary Young, looking at their, their, their last three fixtures, are all teams ahead of them. The only opportunity is when Dublin University play cons in their next round. Yeah. There's a chance to close that one-point gap. Yeah, there is. Um, look, it's Dublin University are on a great run before that Monsters game. There was mainly teams below them. So it's very tight. It could go your way, that, that playoff place. But we have another couple of weeks of the AIL to look forward to. That's true. Right, thanks, John. And over to soccer, um, Limerick FC. Yeah, uh, playing Cove Ramblers, double header over Cove over the weekend, a rearranged EA Sports Cup game on Bank Holiday on Monday. But first up is the league, home to Cove and then away on Monday. Um, third game last week of the season against Drada, still no goals, nil all, another nil all draw. Not exactly the most exciting 90 minutes like. of football. Um, Tommy Barrett after game pleading for more support. They had 814 at their first game of the season at home. And then I'll draw against Longford and it's half to 420. So, um, they played okay defensively, very so- solid and sound um, against a team in Drahada last week that will be fencing themselves for a playoff spot. Looking at Limerick, they're nowhere near that. They just can't score goals. I mean, it's, it's that simple, you know. Nil all against Langford first up, 2 0 defeat to Bray second, nil all against Rada. Cove again, a team Limerick lost them in the Premier Division team last year. Have had mixed results in their first three games as well. You know, it's they they need a win, they need a win, number one, to get people in in the door to get team and people Limerick people are Limerick people, they'll get behind winning teams, they will show their support then. Um but they they they, they just and that's an option on Bank Holiday Monday, so you know. Well, it's no, the, the game on Friday, the league game on Friday is at Marketsfield, and then the EA Sports Cup game is on a Cove on Monday. So, look, a, a win would be huge for Tommy Barton team. Would give me a huge boost of confidence. They're not playing that badly. Just there's a lack of lack of goals, and that's you don't win games without goals. And looking at the very unique spot of the FAI Junior Cup. Yeah, massive results at the weekend for both Ashling Anacotti and Regional United. Ashling Anacotti had a. Two one extra time win up in Westport. Very young um, team that Michael Hearn has at his disposal. He's four under fifteens in the squad going up to Westport. Very much promoting youth within their squad. Look, Ashling and a cat here a club on the way up to nine hundred and thirty playing members. Everyone knows all that area of Limerick City, which isn't Limerick City now, is sprawling with more people coming in, coming in, coming in. It's only been good for the likes of Monoline and GA. Ashling and a cat here a team that are looking to benefit from it now. This is huge for them. Started the season with the young squad he has. No way would they have thought they'd be in an FAI Junior Cup semi-final. Conversely for Michael Hearn, it's going to be up against the team that he knows very well, the club he knows very well, in Regional United. Mike spent all his underage years playing football with them. And they're managed by an ex-teammate of him at Regional and Limerick FC in Regional Arguably, Westport had uh, the game in Westport was huge for Ashley. Of course, it was. It was a great win. But regional beat the favourites for the whole competition. Sheriff YC um, three two after extra time. Two two minutes two nil down with four minutes left in the game. To even pull extra time out of the hat 
and then to go on and win it for Shane O'Donoghue's team it's Ju- just jubilant scenes jubilant <laughs> scenes yeah as you see in the photo there from Ashling Anacati's Twitter there's the Ashling Anacati squad with the management team look it's a great photo it, it encapsulates everything you want from a win like that but the big thing is now they're after being drawn together in the semi-final which is going to be a huge game for Limerick Soccer two I'm going to say not unfashionable clubs but not more of the not two of the more marquee clubs if you'd expect Jamesborough, Pike, Fairview, Ballanty to be in this stage of the competition they're not it's Ashling against Regional loads of subplots loads of things to do first weekend in April Regional will be at all um, certainly looking forward to that and uh, as usual John thanks very much for your sports coverage and our sports coverage is brought to you in association with Sporting Limerick and you can find more sports uh, stories uh, beyond the paper on uh, limerickpost.ie thanks very much John cheers Andrew um, I'm Good laughing again now because our entertainment editor <laughs> the ever electrifying Eric Fitzgerald <laughs> is back to us for more tomfoolery good evening good evening, good evening Andrew how are you um, and Ian he's over here what do you think of the new lay of the room I like it actually I feel like I'm having a job interview which is it makes me feel like I'm closer to the door on the way out now at this stage um Right, Eric, some <laughs> entertainment news. We have a little bit of entertainment news, yes. We're all about the podcasts. We're all about the podcasts. The two Johnnies. Two Johnnies, yeah. They're on their way this weekend. And uh, I don't know if you've heard the two Johnnies doing their podcast, but the boys yes. have... Uh, they're going over a year now, and um, they started out working off things like Snapchat and putting up skits on YouTube. Uh, Eight million views on YouTube, which isn't bad at all. No. And uh, then they have released a couple of singles. They've been out on iTunes, um, and they're great crack altogether. So they came up with a tune called uh, The Silage Song, and they uh, put out the word that if if people helped them to get The Silage Song to one on iTunes, they would deliver a bale of hay. So they have a little draw and pick out one. So and, and in due course, they told me on an interview here that they actually had to drive themselves down from their home in Care County Tipperary with their bale of hay for a farmer in Wexford who won it, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, this is <laughs> so you know, yeah, you can try anything, you know, to get more people to tune in, buy your song. And um, obviously, they, they, they wanted to kind of... Ex- expand on what they were doing and that's when they kind of put the feelers out and just told, asked their fans on YouTube and social media if we do a podcast will you uh, would you listen and lo and behold lots of people said yes and uh, their very first podcast went to number one uh, so on, on the iTunes charts and it's been doing really really well ever since then so they're, they're actually flying it you know and they're very funny mm. I know, have you, you, yeah, you guys yeah. have heard it now you know yes. and it's um, it, it it's you know the boys are out of care in Tipperary. There's lots of chat about the GA, lots of talk about relationships, going to the pub, going to the nightclub, falling down. It's just regular life, basically. They're talking about, and they have this section called Knowles News, which is hilarious <laughs> because um, I think one of the character they they go into one of the lads goes into character and uh, he just kind of pulls stories from all over the world and gives his. Um, Tipperary version of it, and I can only describe it as blind by boat club on acid. That's all. You know, <laughs> the boys are hilarious, you know. So, um, and uh, yeah, they're out and about. I mean, I suppose like we're talking, we're on a podcast here, we're chatting about it, and, and um, you know, they seem to have benefited from the whole idea that having a little extra time to tease out stuff is what people want to listen to. You know, so there's 
Um, they're coming to Limerick. They're coming to Limerick on Friday. They're coming to the South Court Hotel on Saturday, March 16, he says, <laughs> as he reads, <laughs> reads his own writing, finally. And, um, yeah, so, and that's a big venue. Oh, they yeah. uh, told me that they had been trying out the comedy routine they're doing. Uh, they came. They went to Napiershig uh, Hurling Club and they, they did something in the clubhouse about a year ago. So they've been kind of building up to this bigger tour. And a lot of the gigs are sold out. And I think there's about, you know... Couple of dozen seats left if you want to go on. Uh, go on to uh, Ticketmaster for the two Johnnies playing in the South Court Hotel. Uh, Excellent. This Saturday. Um, you've got some um, ends briefs as well from Electric Picnic. Yep, just announced today. Uh, Electric Picnic have announced their uh, well, it's the first lineup, I suppose, and um, obviously the, it's sold out. That's the bad news, but uh, the good news is it's a brilliant lineup. Um, a lot of you know, the last few years when they've announced it, there's been just maybe one act you might have heard of, one or two, and then just an awful lot of stuff that maybe, you know, one hit wonders and maybe a lot of bands are past it. And So this year, like, Christine and the Queens, very hot act, brilliant live show, brilliant on stage. There's a lot of choreography. So, like, she's she's one, she's already sold out shows in Ireland anyway, and big shows in Ireland. So that's a good one. Hosier is there again because obviously Electric Picnic is run by MCD, so he'll, he'll be there just like Sheik for the rest of his life if he wants it. And um, James Blake, fantastic again. I saw him there in 16, and um, he, he, even though the, that music is a bit more ponderous, like trip hop, but there is, uh, when you see him on, sta- on the main stage in particular, uh, with, with that kind of sound and, and, and those bass lines, it's, it's actually brilliant show altogether and of course the big one for me anyway maybe in people of our generation is strokes mm-hmm. you know i mean they're up there with nirvana in in the way they change the way people listen to music and they, they their debut album came along at a time maybe when guitar music was on the way and they brought it back up again so the strokes i think are going to be i think hopefully it'll be a great show you yeah know, bands come back from back together they're pretty much come back together to do this tour without an album to sell so they're in for the money they haven't brought out an album since 2013 and they're all doing little solo projects so fingers crossed they're all get along long enough then they're still talking to each other by the time they get to stride billy and they put on a brilliant show and then for the kids there's jess lane billy eilish and um the streets are playing as well and years and years of course they've plenty of hits as well they'll, they'll get the, the entire place popping so it's looking great and i know uh, an, an addition to it and uh, picnic this year is that they have a, a new area called freetown which they are using for a lot of techno dance music which means that just like Glastonbury uh, picnic now at 70,000, they're sectioning it off. There'll be oldie goldies like me watching it from the Bunnymen. There'll be ravers in about two acres away doing what they're doing and n- n- the path shall not cross whatsoever. Yeah. You know? So that's the, that's the picnic. So I think it's a great lineup, a, a real improvement on probably the last couple of years. Good stuff. You've news of Hazy Hayes? Hazy Hayes, our favourite. Um, Hazy Hayes has come out with another uh, single and um, I think this one was probably recorded live in a session and um, it's a brilliant song you know and it's you know it's 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 a rabble rouser basically and um, he, you remember him from the Somewhere in Ireland compilation we were talking about so he's back and he's saying well this is a, this is a particular tune and it's all about um, talking about what's his where he's from um, and you know he's just a storyteller and he's a great storyteller and um, 
This one is on Bandcamp at the moment, and uh, he is playing live with a whole bunch of other acts on uh, March 29th, and that will be in the record room. There's uh, two days of local talent playing, so he's, he's in the lineup for that, and he's just getting better and better again. Um, you know, he's, he's working with some good producers, and uh, the stuff is sounding absolutely amazing and we'll have a listen to it when I find the track and pass it on to Kane here <laughs> <laughs> we were just wondering we're going to get a bit of a track that email will arrive I promise yeah, thank you this is my city my city yeah this is my home this is my city my city look at my look at the boys with me rise with me cry with me don't ever lie to me don't ever lie to me this is my city my city yeah this is my home this is my city my city look at my throne the boys with me rise um, you have new music from Foxjaw? Foxjaw, yeah, you got to watch this video. Great song. Foxjaw are a very uh, consistent band. Great sound. And uh, another great song. And their uh, drummer, he makes amazing videos. Shane Serrano, well-known filmmaker locally. And he made a fantastic video for this particular tune called Madeline. And um, I suppose it's got a bit of a Robert Rodriguez, Tarantino vibe off it. I, I won't spoil the... the the end of it for you, but you've got to watch the video all the way through to the end. Um, it's about it's a song, or it's a video itself, and the song. It's about a sexual predator getting his comeuppances, and it's a, it's a cut above the rest. The videos are always worth watching, aren't they? Aren't they always? They're great videos, you know, because there's, there's a great fi- uh, the production is great, and the finish is great to the to the videos. You know, um, you just wouldn't realize that it's done on the budget it's done on when you're watching it, you know, because it's just, it stands right up there, you know, mm. with everything else. So, yeah, that's one worth watching. We have it up on the, the website. Do watch it. Madeline from Foxjaw. Um, there's a huge uh, listing of events going on this weekend, um, big festival weekend. Any highlights that you are aware of? Any, any, yes, any of course, ones? yeah. Now, I will tell you exactly what the highlights are that I'm looking for. Um, absolutely. I think if I was to pick out some stuff, there isn't a world of actual proper gigs, like say rock and roll shows going on. But you have you have Shiva. She's playing at the University Concert Hall uh, this Friday, and that's a free gig. That's at lunchtime. Shiva has been um, crowdfunding, and she needed about twenty grand, and it was a big ask just before Christmas, and she achieved her goal with a little extra. Now, and she's off to the US to record her album. Uh, next year so and uh, so that's a great chance to see her before she kind of disappears on us and uh, my old pal 16 tons of jive uh, they were they rang in the other day to let me know that they're doing a few shows um, over the weekend and they're in the commercial bar on uh, Saturday 16th I think they're my they're my tips I think oh, and of course you go and enjoy the international band competition on Monday and Enjoy the parade, <laughs> all the usual stuff. All I don't know when you were going to go horse racing as usual. I didn't know. We've Have you any money left actually after Cheltenham? No, that has been uh, wistfully whisked away from us um, <laughs> by some colleagues within this office. But we, the less said about that, the better. Uh, Eric's thanks for joining us uh, again for the podcast. We it's seem a, to be getting a bit more professional. The giddiness looks yeah. to be. Um, it's a bit of yeah, Well, yeah. yeah but yeah. Um, listen, have a great weekend and yeah. uh, thanks again. You, you guys have a great weekend now. Sure. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Beautiful. Uh, this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Therapy, who have opened a new clinic at the Crescent Shopping Centre in Limerick. Um, Kian, <laughs> Andrew, you're back deputising for Rose. I am indeed. She has just returned, but unfortunately she hadn't. Um, put together the the arts content 
And this week, um, I think you have a little hand, and you're going to ardently... Uh, slightly. Uh, Miranda Lahey has the story on okay, yeah. our page, but it's about Fresh Film Festival, and uh, the Fresh Film Festival is a Limerick-run festival, but it is incorporated with the Irish Young Filmmaker of the Year Awards. And it's basically an opportunity for people under the age of 18 to create films, get to know people with the same interests, work on projects together, and it, it, it is a national competition. And I was blown away last year. I, I went to the event last year and the quality of the films being made. Right. Even even the subjects are touching on. like they, they don't steer away from things like mental health or sex, drugs, relationships, anything like that. You know, it's um, quality is just there. And it shows you that the future is bright for people in the film industry in Ireland and especially Limerick considering we have Troy Studios now and everything it'll give everyone a boost but uh, they run uh, workshops with kids as well which kind of gets them to know gives them the opportunity to get to know some other people with the same interests and work on projects together and this was launched this week uh, it was launched last, last week, week yeah. yeah in a Bell Table Theatre it, it, it was the regional heats took place in Limerick. Uh, so you've had, I think there was a couple of winners from Limerick there, some from Clare. And then you had the Audience Choice Award, who was a Limerick winner also. And you know, quality again is just top notch. And uh, there's full details of that online. Um, and again, in this week's arts page. And uh, there's also news uh, of Midas. I think you had a piece about that, Keen. Yeah, uh, I spoke with Michael Finneran uh, from the Mary Immaculate Drama, Dramatic Arts Society. And they're celebrating 20 years now in Mary Immaculate College, putting on musicals and drama in the in the university over there. But uh, Michael spoke to me briefly about um, why they chose Chorus Line as this year's show to mark the 20th anniversary. And Michael had this to say. The reason we chose it for this 20th anniversary is because it's about a bunch of young people who want to be actors, which of course so many of our students want to be. They, they love singing, they love dancing, they love being on stage, you know, they'll get to entertain 4,000 people in here next week. Um, but it's about coming of age and it's about how, you know, the passion, the commitment, the belief that they have in themselves and being on stage. So Chorus Line is absolutely perfect for them. So that should be a very good production. I'm actually probably going to go to it myself, uh, Andrew, and you know, the amount of work that they put on the the level yeah. that the musicals are held at as well is just incredible, so it's, it's worth checking out. I think there's a couple of days are sold out there, or a couple of shows are sold out, so there's some tickets left. Uh, full details of that, both uh, in the arts page uh, in this week's edition and online. Um, as usual, thank you, Kian, for no even for deputising for us. Uh, we'll welcome her back with her eloquent tones next week, no doubt. Um, gladly, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this has been the last post uh, I've been your host Andrew Carey and I would like to thank uh, Jerry Collison John Kyo from Sporting Limerick um, the effervescent Derek Fitzgerald and of course uh, yourself Keen, our digital editor and producer of the podcast and thank you Andrew <laughs> and with special thanks to our sponsors of this week's podcast which is brought to you in association with Therapy who have opened a new clinic in the Crescent Shopping Centre in Limerick for more news, sports, entertainment, home and living, pet news, motoring, healthy living and much, much more, make sure you turn to Limerick Post every Thursday in print and online at limerickpost.ie and through all our social media channels. We really are keeping Limerick posted.